0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, you were probably confused out of your mind right now. You are wondering, where is my Renegade theme song that kicks off The Hangover every week? Where is the Golden Larynx uh, that is Brian Anthony Davis? Well, unfortunately, you don't have either of those this week because in an attempt to start the transition of The Hangover onto YouTube, we decided since Brian is currently in the woods with the scouts, I'm sure he's itching and scratching and sleeping on the ground and all that terrible stuff. Uh, in order to, to get this transition going, we decided this week, we're going to give a, give our first test of trying the Steelers hangover on YouTube. Fortunately for you all, for those of you that love the hangover joining me this week, as always, usually joining Brian is one Tony Defio. Tony, how are you this evening?
1: Hey Dave, how are you? And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, helping out this week with the show and the experiment. It is preseason, so I guess what better time to uh, to try it like this. So I'm looking forward to talking some Steelers football with you.
0: Excellent, excellent. Yes, this is. uh, We're gonna we're gonna see. We already know that the sound quality is is probably going to be better on the podcasts uh, coming from YouTube. So hopefully. Uh, we can get some feedback from this and see what people like uh, there. We do have the live chat going on. I know a lot of people do not realize that we are on on Monday night for the hangover because they've never seen it before. But here we are. We're going to see what we can do. But this is kind of interesting that we're doing this first time on YouTube because we are talking about the biggest hangover Pittsburgh Steeler fans have had for a long time. And that is the seven, almost seven month hangover that we have had since week 17 of the 2018 season until now, because we have had the biggest off season, the longest off season that we've had for a while with the Steelers not making the postseason. but the end is near Thursday players report Friday, first practice Sunday, first practice in pads. Tony how you feeling about knowing that this season's coming up
1: uh he hit it right on the head it was the longest offseason ever I mean one one uh, uh, controversy after another at least early on right after the uh, it all started right after week 17 with the Antonio Brown stuff when he uh, when he was deactivated and then everything it just kicked off a very dis- like almost disastrous offseason but you know they've been people have been piling on the team uh, since basically since, since uh, their season was over. So I'm excited. I'm excited that we're gonna get to, uh, have some uh, questions answered uh, about, about the offense, about the defense, about the leadership, about the camaraderie, everything. So I, I can't wait, just a few more days.
0: I know it's right here. I feel like it should be here already. I feel like we're saying, oh, it's right around the corner and yet it's not here. And next thing you know, I know I'm gonna be sitting back on my couch watching that first preseason game, which I can't believe it. It's only two weeks after they report. So we are, we are less than three weeks away from seeing the Steelers on the field. But what you said leads right into the topic of tonight's episode. And that is we're gonna talk about this big hangover. We've really been hungover in this off season. So you kind of go through stages in a hangover here. So we're gonna say, let's look at these highs and lows of this past off season. What was the high points? What were the low points? Which ones were were more dramatic? Were the were the peaks greater than the valleys, or how is it going to work out? What do you think there, Tony? What do you want to start off with?
1: I think we can start off with the uh, the low points because it it leads to the high points, which are where we I think where we're at right now. So I think we'll start with the low points, and I was like I mentioned the Antonio Brown thing right away, that 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 you know calling into question Mike Tomlin's ability to lead the team and call in the question, then Roethlisberger as a leader, you know, uh, you know, was, was he part of the problem or, or was he a true leader? You know, so I think that was everything that you heard right after that Bengals game with Antonio Brown, uh, no showing practice that week after the, uh, the, the reported, uh, spat he had with, with Roethlisberger at, at, at practice, you heard reports that he threw a ball at Roethlisberger out of frustration. I think that was the, uh, because they, they, they basically had to, had to part ways with him at that point, because, I mean, there were, you know, he, he wouldn't return his boss's calls, not Mike Tomlin, but Art Rooney II. So, I mean, there was no, no uh, choice but to get rid of the guy, but it, it just, it, it was definitely a, a depressing time, because here's a guy that I idolized for eight years, eight or nine years. I thought he was the greatest football player in the league, and for his re- relationship to end with the team so ugly, it just, it just, it was, to me, that was the low point of the season.
0: Tony, I think you are exactly right. The season, the off season started at a low and it just got lower. It started with the low. First of all, you know, even though the Steelers did win their week 17 game, but we all remember the, uh, the footage of them on the field. Some of the Bengals players hung out with them, with them while watching on the Jumbotron. My brother-in-law was there with my nephew, uh, at that game. I was supposed to go to that game hmm. and I, did not go to that because I was unable to, to, to have anyone who wanted to buy my Patriots tickets. So I ended up going to the Patriots game as my other game last year. And then, uh, my brother-in-law who had only gone to one game who usually goes to two, I said, why don't you take that one? Because he couldn't do the Patriots game. And we worked it out that way. He was waiting for the playoff game the next week. And I said, you better get, the, to the, to the game while you can. So he took my nephew. They went to the game. They said that was the best part was watching the end of the Cleveland-Baltimore game on the Jumbotron with the players on the field. It was just a great experience. Unfortunately, they were one first down away from kicking that game-winning field goal. So it started with the low and it just got lower and lower and lower. And I kind of want to tell a little story about that because I, I've mentioned it on the on the Steelers preview before, and that is the whole situation was just so sad for someone as a Steeler fan. But of course, because I'm such a good fan, so are my kids. I have three kids; they're all young. My oldest is is just about ready to turn 11. Um, it actually a week from today is when is when she'll turn 11. And Antonio Brown was their favorite they didn't know very many Steelers players by name, but Antonio Brown was one that they knew. And then I had to explain to them what was going on before they went to school and heard it from kids. Hey, what's going on with the Steelers? And it was just so sad to have to explain the situation to children because even my kids were like, well, why is he acting like that? Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, and I I just remember as the whole thing went on and it dragged out every once in a while, my, my daughter would say, dad, did, did Antonio Brown apologize yet? And they get over it and move on. No, sweetheart. He didn't, I'm sorry. She'd ask me again. And finally I said, you know what? It didn't sweetheart. They actually traded him yesterday. And she's like, well, then he's dead to me. (laughs) Oh, wow. <laughs> that's what she said. And that's still what she says to this day when anyone mentions that name. So um, Lance Williams says we are not going to call him by that name anymore. We're going to call him Mr. Third and Fifth. Um, <laughs> I like it um, because that's what he is to the Steelers now, because that's what he he resulted in. It wasn't any Lombardis. It was just a third and a fifth round pick, which I know is a little bit harsh. But that just that spiraled into. How would you describe the lows of this offseason compared to years past, Tony? Where do you think this compares?
1: I think maybe it I'm just framing it because of social media and, and it's everything's just blown out of proportion nowadays. But I think it's it's up there as far as because when when you look at the Steelers image compared to five, ten years ago, I mean they were the, 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 the class of the of the NFL, at least that was the perception. And now you know, like like I wrote about the other day every time you turn around people are, 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 are casting dispersions on them they're 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 down on them they're picking them to uh, behind the browns which i mean i think the browns can be really good so you know maybe there's there, that that there, that's warranted but i think this is this is just the fact that everybody's you know they're questioning tomlin they're questioning the, 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 uh, the whether this the the window has, has shut on roethlisberger and whether he's like i said a few times already whether he's been a good leader or not because i mean he's been getting piled on all off season two you know p- from his performance to his character everything and and you know for for a player like you mentioned your kids how much they love antonio brown and rightfully so he was a hard worker the hardest worker on a team you know i say yeah that's a cliche to say now but he was the hardest worker on the team and he was so clutch for them he was so clutch and he was go he was going be. He, maybe He already still is, but he was going to be the greatest receiver in team history. There was no question about it. Maybe in the history of the NFL, as far as stats, and for his for for the 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 relationship to end the way it did, it's just it's just sad. And and now you have you're missing it. You're a pro bowl receiver. You're all pro receiver. Obviously, your Le, 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 Le'Veon Bell is gone, and he was gone last year. So so I think they already know how to deal without him. But you're you're missing these key pieces, and. You know, these are guys that we once went, went crazy for and now we hate them and we have to try to move on without them so the, the expectations in pittsburgh are always to win a super bowl that's it super bowl or bust and now trying to head into 2019 without these two i think it's one of the most important off seasons that they've had in a long time as far as negativity it, it's right up there i think since the late 90s with bill Cower, when the, the stuff that they went through with him after they after their playoff run ended I think this is right up there with that.
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Um, I would say it's been the, the worst in 10 years for sure. I know when there was the the different things going on with Ben Roethlisberger early in his career, the motorcycle accident, the accusations, those sort of things when he was very young, uh, that made for a very sticky offseason. But but this, this was different because this wasn't just a player that, made some decisions away from football that you had to question. This was actual on the field, in the locker room stuff. And to me, that was a, that that was a really big deal. And it, it was shocking to me. All I ever heard about was how much of a hard worker Antonio Brown was. And then as these things happen, you find out how much everyone's been covering for him all this time, that he's, he, he always shows up late to everything. Uh, not staying with the team during training camp, all these other things that they've kind of tried to keep as quiet as they could all this time. And there was just, there was no reason for them to protect his image anymore. So that was, that was the, like you say, that wasn't just a valley for this off season. That was a valley Generationally, This is hopefully, hopefully everything is going up from this point for the Pittsburgh Steelers because that was one of the biggest lows they've ever had. So when th- then we start to go back up a little bit. We hit that free agency period. The Steelers go out, make a little bit of splash. Would would you call the free agent signings, w- w- would you call that a high of the offseason?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they they went out and, and they addressed the, the secondary and they got a bona fide starter in Steven Nelson. You have to applaud them for that because, you know, it just wasn't working out with Hardy Burns and, 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 and so many other people that they tried to, to put opposite Joe Hayden. They went out, they saw a weakness and, and, they, and they, they found a guy coming into his own, into his prime, his, his first big contract in Steven Nelson. And, and, and then you go out and you, and you get a Dante Moncrief, you get a veteran receiver uh, to, to uh, put alongside Juju. You know, I think that's important. I mean, he's not going to be Antonio Brown. He's not going to get you 100 catches. Probably, I mean, at least I don't think he is. But if he can, if he can be a a, a strong veteran presence, and, and a and a big time contributor on the other side, somebody that could take the pressure off of Juju, that's a big signing. And then obviously Mark Barron, a, a veteran uh, linebacker who can also play, you know, a dime safety, you know, dime linebacker as a, as a safety. So. I think there were three pretty it, it, it showed that they're not ready to uh, they're, they're still trying to win they're, they're still trying to build a, a winning a winning team and 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 uh, and move on without Brown and without Bell so yeah I think it was that was definitely a high note
0: absolutely I think the Steelers did a nice job in free agency I think they addressed some positions that needed to be addressed um I don't know that they addressed everything but they I felt they put themselves in a really good position going into the draft that it wasn't that big glaring need that they had to do something in the draft. So now we're going to talk about the draft in a minute, because to me, that's where we're going to get to the highest of the high, but w- would you, would you put any lows in there with any of the players that the Steelers lost the free agency, do you, anything significant there? Um,
1: nothing really, uh. I, I was sad to see uh people like uh arthur moats go but you know i i don't really think that there were any true major losses i mean maybe i'm 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 missing one you know maybe you can re- remind me of some but off the top of my head i mean it's 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 been a long mm-hmm. off season so you know my my brain's kind of. Kind of, I was going to
0: say, it's it, it's been so long. You're dipping all the way back to 2018 because Arthur oh, Motes was, 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 oh, yeah, right. was the year before. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. It was the year before. But we did retire in this offseason. That's right. That's um, right.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's right. why
0: it's still fresh in our minds. No, I would say I was I was somewhat sad to see LJ Fort go because I thought that he was really growing into a very athletic linebacker. But the Steelers were going to address that position. So I understood why they didn't keep him, even though it would have been on the pretty cheap. Was surprised that they kept Anthony Ciccolo for so much more than it would have cost to keep Fort. But the Steelers were a lot thinner at outside linebacker when it came to depth. I was pretty sad to see Jesse James go. I knew it was going to happen. I knew someone was going to give him the money that the Steelers couldn't. I'm happy for him that he got the contract that he did, but it really would have been nice to see him stay as a Pittsburgh Steeler. What do you think of that one?
1: Yeah, I like. I, I I can't believe I, I forgot about that one. But then again, it's like I said, it's been a long off season. Um, yeah, I mean, he was a good, a good number two tight end. And that was probably his his uh best position to be a good number two tight end who could get you the uh the clutch pass every now and then, get you thirty forty receptions a year. But hey, you can't you can't uh uh blame him for leaving for that kind of money. I mean, if they're going to pay him that that I think eleven million dollars guaranteed, that's what the Lions paid him. You know. I mean, it, it's it is sad as far as the team team itself, as far as um, on the field, because you know who's your number two tight end now? Is it going to be Xavier Grimble? Is it going to be the rookie that they brought in? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Vance McDonald seems like the real deal, but without a, a, a true number two, at least not yet, it, it's 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 uh, you know it's it's a little scary. So yeah, that's one that I was sad to see go, and, and for the way hit the way. You know, he was kind of victimized in 2017 with that non-catch against the Patriots or non-touchdown. Yeah, he was a a good stealer, and and it was sad to see him go.
0: Yeah, saying he was a good stealer, I think, is a great way to say it. Um, I I also kind of feel bad for the guy. I I don't feel bad for his payday. He's going to get his payday no matter what. But what I feel bad for is he goes to Detroit, and then what does Detroit do with their first-round pick? They draft another tight Tight end. end. So um, I always thought personally, I like Jesse James so much. I didn't even think of him as a number two tight end. I looked at him as a 1B. That Vance McDonald was an 1A. Jesse James was a 1B. When Vance McDonald was injured and James had to fill in, I don't think that they lost very much. They just lost having that second guy. So hopefully he can still be a 1B guy. Um, who knows? Maybe he'll even still get that that chance to be the 1A early on there in Detroit. So uh, I wish him the best of luck. Uh, the Steelers, the only way they'll play against him this year is if they meet in the Super Bowl. I would not have a problem with that uh, to see Jesse James there. So other than that, and then, of course, you know, although he wasn't with the team last year, Le'Veon Bell was a fr- was a free agent loss. I don't look at that as too much of a low because the Steelers didn't have him last year. That's almost kicks into where it starts to go uphill because uh, it just showed how much of a poor decision that he made with the way he handled things and the lack of contract that he received that he had both, both offers from the Steelers were much better than what he Mm -hmm. got. He still convinced himself it's better because he got more guaranteed money, but he wasn't looking at the way that the Steelers structure their contract and how much he would have definitely been getting anyway. Um, the just the way they do guaranteed money, he just had it stuck in his mind. It had to be a certain way and, uh, not looking at how the Steelers do business. He was unwise, his agent. I don't understand how he could ever get a new client in the NFL, but (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's the biggest mystery to me. Um, but he's gone and hopefully if everything still goes well, the Steelers can get an extra, well, can get back that third round pick that they traded away in order to get to our mountaintop at least in my opinion, and I hope it is yours, that mountaintop of the offseason, the Steelers identifying their man, knowing they wanted their man, and doing everything they had to do to go get their man, and they moved up 10 spots in the first round to draft Devin Bush. Tony, is that the peak of the offseason?
1: I I, I knew you were going to say it because it was mine too. Yeah, I'll never forget where I was. I was at a, a bar after a big six mile run. We're watching the draft. I'm barely paying attention to it because the Steelers are drafting 20th. There's no way they were gonna trade up. They never do it, right? They're always, they always stand pat, right? Kevin Colbert always stands pat. And then when, when I'm sitting there talking to my friend who was across from me and I had my back to the TV and he said, the Steelers are up next. And you hear all this clapping simultaneously. And, and you know everybody knew it was gonna be Devin Bush right then and there. If it, if it wasn't gonna be Bush, then it was it was like the biggest it would be the biggest troll job in mike tomlin's history as a coach so it was it was just a great thing like you said they they were they needed to find the centerpiece of that defense again to replace ryan shazier because he meant so much to it he he was such a big part of it he, he he they basically uh he was the focal point and now you bring in a devin bush he's unproven uh you, you don't know if he's gonna be able to do it but he certainly seems Pretty close to a, a camp miss prospect. So, yeah, that was definitely the high point. And, and I'm so, he's what I'm most excited about as far as training camp and preseason, seeing what he can do.
0: Uh, yeah, I think there's a reason for Steeler fans to be excited. Now, you know, we're going to get those naysayers that are oh, actually. What's sad is there's are still going to be Steeler fans. I know this is the kind of stuff Tony likes to talk about. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we have Steeler fans out there that are looking to see him fail just so they could say they were right and that they shouldn't have moved up to pick him. Um, if that's the way you want to be as a fan, I, I don't even know if I have words to describe it. But I'm just like, I don't ever want to see the team fail to see that I was right. Well, it's um, because... I want to pick against the team half the time because that way I don't want to just be right when I'm wrong. I'm like, if you pick against them, then you're happy that they proved you wrong. Right. Well,
1: that's because it, it's such a, a cottage industry, the, the 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 draft off season. I mean, the draft season in, 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 in the spring, people just – I think some people love that more than they love the actual regular season. And, and and And, you know, they want them to pick their guy, the guy that they've been watching – you know the tape of the guy that they you know because they want they want you know like to feel like they're you know like an expert that's what i think a lot of it is and and, and also too like you said you can't please everybody and and there's always gonna be people out there that 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 think they should have went left when they went right even if right was the right move so yeah but to me it's all about the team it's all about you know i don't care if if, if they picked, you know the guy that I wasn't even thinking about, like if he turns out to be a great player, like if Terrell Edmonds turns out to be the next Ronnie Lott, nobody's going to remember that he was a quote unquote reach, you know, last year. So whatever, that was the spring. Let's move on to the regular season and who cares about if if you were right or wrong, you know, on draft day.
0: Tony, you said something really important there about how you didn't, If they wouldn't have picked Devin Bush there, when they moved up, you would have trusted that they kind of had an idea what they were doing anyway. Mm -hmm. That's how I generally feel with Steelers draft picks. I'm like, just because I don't know what much about a person or there's someone that I think they're going to draft that they don't, I just instantly write that off of, they know a lot more about this than I do. So. I am so glad that the Steelers aren't just trying, they're not trying to please the fans by making the moves or drafting the players that the fans want. They want to please the fans by wins on the field. They don't care that the fans want, you know, the next quarterback on the team already. They don't care if the fans want this big free agent signing. They don't care if the fans want you to draft this certain player. I mean, even me, I heard from so many fans. I was convinced that the Steelers were going to take Chase Winovich uh, when he was available there with their second pick. But that wasn't because the team thought much of him. That was because so many of the fans thought so much of him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he's going to be a good pick or a bad pick. Uh, he's almost as old as Stefan Tewitt, I think I saw. He's only less than a year younger than Stefan Toett. Mm-hmm. So I think that was one of the things why the Steelers shot away from him, that in an injury. But uh, they had a plan all along, and I'm the kind of guy that I trust their plan. Now, now you mentioned where you were when they drafted Devin Bush. My story is a little bit more interesting because I – I, I have a group of friends, and sometimes this group keeps growing and growing, that, that we like to go uh, watch certain types of movies together. Uh, generally, we Star Wars superhero types of movies. And that just happened to be the premiere of Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> and I was actually in the movie theater listening to the draft on my earbuds in for the last 40 minutes or so of the movie knowing that, well, the Steelers, they don't draft till 20. I got some time to come out. You know, I got some time to finish the movie and get home before uh, we go live with this. Well, after the, on the podcast, after the pick and the movie was over, I come out, and my signal died and my phone couldn't get another one. I had to reset my phone. So I'm leaving the movie theater. My phone's resetting. I get in the car, turn on the radio, and they're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers pick. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I'm scrambling, trying to get my phone up, texted with Jeff and Brian and Lance. And we're getting ready to do uh, how soon we're going on. And I didn't actually hear the pick. I taped the draft and went back and 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 watched where I, where I had T-voted it. And it was so exciting, but it, it, I was so panicked of having to, to get home to do the podcast that, uh, I didn't get to really enjoy it as much as I hoped. but boy, did I enjoy it when I watched it back. I watched that back probably, oh my goodness, four or five times before I got rid of it. So, because that was the high, that was yeah. the high.
1: Yeah, it was a nice rush.
0: How many times do you say, oh, if only the Steelers would make a move and go get dot, dot, dot. And I've kind of learned to say, that's not the way the Steelers work. That's not mm. the way the Steelers work. They do it occasionally. And you know what? They did it this year. And to me, that's one of the biggest highs of the offseason that I think that Steeler fans have had for a while, that they, they did what they, they did. They went out of their way to do what they wanted to do for the draft. So I don't know about you, but I think since that moment, we've just kind of been fluctuating up and down a little bit. Um, I would say one of those uptrends was Ben not answering anything, not talking to the media while all this other stuff was going on. That was, that was a, that was a high for me. I like that. Um, The way that a lot of these players have handled things really like that. But uh, right now I just feel like since that, that moment of the ups and downs that I feel like we're more kind of, you know, right around equilibrium right now, because we hit that low, we hit that big high. We've just kind of been maintaining to see what these guys are going to do. And I, I just feel like we're building and building and building towards training camp on Thursday. What do you think, Tony?
1: Yeah, like Brian has been saying, it's it's that kumbaya feeling the last few months, I think. I, you know, these the players, they appear to be closer. They, they appear to be focused. You know, they, they appear to be determined to change the perception of the team, the reputation that went from, classy to you know oh, it's a circus it's just a big circus well i mean this off season, ever since all the stuff happened with brown and you know and then bell and the two of them coming out against ben and in these interviews and you know uh tarnishing the image even more of the franchise ever since that all kind of dissipated and it went away and you had the high of the draft and then mini camp and, and, and rookie camp and all that stuff the otas the otas i think that was also important to show everybody like the togetherness they had the cookout with the defense and you know the 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 offense going to to ben's uh, home in georgia everybody was like sort of bonding and you see offense and defense coming together like big al and, and tj Watt going fishing together you know i think that kind of stuff was just it was great to see you know and then all the charity work the players are doing and of course juju who's juju and just everywhere and just being the people's champion and like the, 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 you know, the the greatest new Steeler that's come along as far as personality and play and and decades really. And it's just, it's just, everything's just been such a, uh, has felt so good since, you know, probably April. And of course, Ryan Shazier, everything about him, just been just an absolute uh, blessing what he's been able to overcome in the last 18 months or so.
0: Yeah, I I think you're right. And I mean, there's just been so much there. It's so much to take in from this offseason. It's been so long. Um, I feel like we're in such a good place because we didn't get those injuries in the offseason either since with through OTAs and and all that. Um, I decided to turn and start uh, checking out some stuff in the live chat. A lot of people really before we even had a chance to say it, we're ready to say yes. Devin Bush was the high. Devin Bush was the high. They don't even want to talk about the low. And that's great. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. Let's put those lows behind us. Mm-hmm. Let's get these highs going and get moving into 2019 the right way. Um, uh, Felicia joined us in the live chat, threw us a sticker earlier. I can't always see exactly what came across with that sticker, but we really uh, we really appreciate that, Felicia, where she throws, throws – uh, uh, something in the tip jar. She also threw out a comment that said the Bush announcement was almost as good as Ryan Shazier walking on stage to announce Edmonds last year. That, that just the, the whole excitement of that. For But th- this year is for a whole different reason. It's to be excited about how it's going to translate to being on the field. So lots of highs. Let's forget about those lows. Let's remember these highs. Highs. Let's get these high going into the off season. Now, uh, Tony, do you, you want to take a few minutes to see do the first ever since we can't have callers call in like they do on blog talk? Do you want to do the first ever, uh, sh- real quick rapid fire questions from the live chat on YouTube ever on the hangover? You want to give it a go for a few minutes? Let's do it. Okay. So we'll, we'll take a few minutes. If you have any questions you want to throw out here, um, especially if we're looking. Um, at this past off season, but but whatever you guys want to throw out to, to Tony and I, uh, you can type your question there in the live chat as Jeff always wants us to remind people. Uh, if you want your question answered for sure, you have the super chat feature, which is the little dollar sign right next to what you type in. You click on that. You just throw any amount of money you want in the tip jar and we will guarantee to answer your question. Please don't take that as us trying to, to, to ask you to do this. This is completely on you. We, we're we're all right if not one person does anything uh, with the super chat feature. We're just happy that people are in there asking any questions. So uh, I'm I might have frozen up on mine because I haven't gotten anything for a couple minutes. That happens occasionally. So um, if I can get back in there just to see if we got anybody else wanting to get anything else into the live chat. So um, all right now I'm now I'm looking back. Um, so a lot of people like I said, liking, liking the, the Devin Bush moment, um, had, had, a, a 410 Carpenter legend said that he watched some Toledo games and liked what he saw from the Steelers, uh, second pick of Deontay Johnson, who Brian and Jeff give me a really hard time trying to say, I hated the pick because when that pick came across, I was like, did they have to make this one yet? Mm-hmm. And that was them giving. You know, we talk about him and making fun of him with his with his touchdown zone comment um, (laughs) that that we have a tendency to uh, to not let things die. So they keep giving me a hard time about Deontay Johnson, although I think uh, he's going to end up being a big superstar by the end of the year. What do you think about Deontay Johnson going into this year?
1: Well, I mean, I'm excited now. I mean, I, after like after uh, digesting the pick and seeing what he what he did in college, the productivity and and how how multi how multi talented he is, and he can do things with his legs. He can get open. He he can, he can get open at the line of scrimmage. You yeah. know, he's great in open field. But like you, when, when 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 they first made the pick, I was like, who's this guy? You know. And then you you look at the the, the rankings, and he wasn't really highly ranked at all. But but as we as you said, you know. Uh, I trust. I trust their their judgment, right? I mean, they they know more about the stuff than we do, and 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 uh, they do know how to how to pick and develop receivers. So there's every reason in the world to be excited about the guy. I just want. I want to see him with the football in his hand. I want to see what he can do. I just want to see you know how you know he, he had so many big plays in college. I, I just want, I want to see if that translates to the NFL. Uh,
0: yeah, you're exactly right there. Um... He's one of those guys, if, you ever, if, if you've ever drafted a fantasy football team in, your, uh, in the past, I know Jeff's going to give me a hard time because he does not like traditional fantasy football. He's more into the daily fantasy. But if you do a, a traditional fantasy football draft, especially if you've ever done them in person, where you're all sitting in a room and putting names on a card and putting them on the wall, uh, th- those were the best back in the day, back in the late 90s, early 2000s that I used to do. When you would have that sleeper pick that you wanted, and then you would make that pick and three or four other people would get all mad that you jumped on that sleeper before they did. That's how I feel about the Deontay Johnson pick after the fact. I didn't know much about him, but when I right. looked at how other NFL teams were, were pretty high on him and hoping that they could they could grab him at some point that they thought was valuable, they were upset that they didn't grab him sooner. So I, I really like that. We did get... Um, Snowman throwing $5 in the tip jar wants to know how excited are you about this year's team? Go ahead, Tony. Cause I think everyone knows the answer for both of us, but let's go ahead and say it. I'm very
1: excited. I mean, I think they have a lot to prove and I think they're still a very good team. Mike Tomlin said it himself. Oh yeah. We, we lost a pro bowl receiver and a pro bowl running back. We have a pro bowl receiver and a pro bowl running back on a roster uh, based on last year. So you have that, and then you have the defense. I think TJ Watt, oh my goodness, I think he is this close to being a, a a defensive player of the year candidate. And I'm excited about Javon Hargrave. I think, you know, there's been so much talk about him and, and so many how many battles he won last year, individual battles. I'm I'm anxious to see if they if they can get him more playing time. And of course, you know, Devin Bush and Steven Nelson. There's so many reasons to be happy and excited about this team.
0: Exactly, I'm I'm super excited about this team. You mentioned the T.J. Watt. He was my pick um, as as a player who could possibly make All-Pro this year. Uh, when when we talked about that during the Steelers' burning question, super excited. Like what I see. You know what? You and I, writers for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. If we're not excited about the Steelers team coming up, I mean, what are we doing? Come on. Right. This is this is what we live for. This is, We're yeah. super excited. So here, we're, I'm going to try to get through some of these questions. We're going to go super fast, real quick answer. Um, so that way I can say we can answer as many as we could. Do we think Xavier Grimble will put up similar numbers to Jesse James if he gets the tight end two spot? No. I agree. I don't think he'll put up quite those numbers, but I do think that he could increase his numbers from what he's done in the past. Um, why do you think that the Steelers struggle when they go out West to play?
1: Same reason a lot of teams do, which is, it's just a a big adjustment. The same reason why teams from the West come to the struggle when they come to the East, it's, it's just a, a big adjustment for their, for their routine, I think.
0: Exactly. The, it's not just the time change. It's the it's the the length of the trip, which changes the the, the whole routine. Um, it, that's what I would say. Um, what else do we want to say? We, we did get another super chat question. Um, I was about ready to read his question before, and then he asked it as a super chat from Anthony Johnson. What do we think of Terrell Edmonds going into a second year? Uh, he said he was a beast at Tech, but he said he wasn't too hot last year. What do you think, Tony? Yeah. He
1: didn't really, uh, uh, turn many heads last year, but he did get a lot of experience. I mean, he was thrown in there when Morgan Burnett, you know, had, had his injury problems. So, uh, I'm interested to see how that translates, how that experience translates into a second year. And if he can make that big first, second year leap.
0: You're, you're spot on. I, I don't think he had a bad season last year. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to become a Troy Palomalu, but he had a better rookie year than Troy Palomalu. Mm -hmm. Um, You just can't expect too much of guys coming in their their rookie year. I mean, I still think Juju kind of messed with our heads a little bit. You don't get that production from a rookie like that all the time. So I wouldn't say that Edmonds had a bad year last year, but what I want to see is that big second-year jump. That's what you want to see from players. That's the difference between just a guy and a superstar, is what do they do from year one after they get that all – all under their belt and all taken care of. What mm-hmm. kind of jump do they make in year two? I like a lot of the stuff I saw with Terrell Edmonds. Man, in his interception, he was just rocketing north and south. I yeah. mean, he wasn't cutting to the side or whatever, everything. I love going back and watching that. Man, did he get up field? He was
1: fast. That, that's, yes. Did it went against Tampa Bay? Yes. Yeah, that was, I, that really surprised me. How how fast he shot up the field after that interception. That really, really was really impressive athleticism.
0: And what I liked is, is how wise that is. Don't worry Mm -hmm. about breaking it for the touchdown, get your offense, the best field position you can Mm -hmm. by getting there faster. And man, um, I I just really like that one. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, we had another super chat from Felicia. Um, she wants to know a Friday show. Um, which I, I think she's talking about the Steelers preview, which we do Thursday night that then comes out, um on as a podcast Friday morning. Um, is it going to be like draft day with us all getting together? Um, it's going to be a little bit different cause we still got people out on vacation. Uh, we are, we do definitely, uh, on the preview, we haven't asked him yet. But we are going to see if Tony could even jump in with that one since Brian's still going to be out of town. Um, that to, to talk about what happened. I'll be honest with you. We're all excited that the Steelers are coming back for training camp. But it's not going to be nearly as much to talk about as you would think. Um, we'll get some sound bites, but that's about it. What do you think, Tony?
1: Yeah, I mean, as far as joining you Thursday night, that's I could definitely do that. But as far as anything exciting to talk about, if there is, it's probably a, it's probably going to be a for something bad. So let's just hope it's all about like their their entrances, like like in past years, what they what they wore, what they wrote in on, that kind of thing.
0: Uh, Exactly. So, yeah, I I mean, we'll have some things like that to talk about, but that brings up a very important thing. Behind the Steel Curtain's Camp Confidential will be picking out, will be kicking off on Thursday. That is something that Jeff has done now for five years since he's been the editor of Behind the Steel Curtain, where he's just going to, it's, I think of it as like an information blitz. We're just going to give you an overload of stories um, all the information that you want packed into um a 30 no more than 36, a 48 to 72 hour time frame in there where we're just gonna get you a bunch of information. So when the Steelers report to camp and you're looking for and you want to get that Steelers fix, make sure you stop at behind the We'll have lots of information, lots of stuff for you all to look at, and and we should be good to go. Um just checking, um, Want to know what about the special teams? What do they look like? Do you, what do they think about the place kicking? There's really nothing to answer there until they report to camp, right, Tony?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, as far as a place kicker. You know, I think with, with Boswell, his struggles last year were all psychological after you know his missing Cleveland in week one. So if his head's right, uh, then I think he'll be okay. If it's not, if if it's if, if you know, then then you're going to have a lot a lot to worry about. We won't know that until he actually pick, he kicks the real kick in week one.
0: Exactly. I mean, even through the preseason, it's still just yeah. preseason. But, I mean, at least you're getting somebody rushing at you that legitimately does want to want to block the ball. Um, so that's, that's one of those questions that you really need some more time in order to answer. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and just do one more here, and that is how much improvement and contribution can we expect in the secondary with the additions of Nelson and Lane?
1: I think. Well, I mean, Lane, he's a he's a a rookie, so it's it. You hope for the best because you know. But like you said, it's hard to expect ask a lot from a rookie. As far as Steven Nelson, you know, I mean, based on on his uh, lit year last year, you hope he comes in and and he's and he he's a, he like almost like you know the, the glue to the secondary that Joe Hayden was two years ago when he when he came over. Somebody that could really shut down the other side, not shut down like like a you know all-time great uh, corner, but be a really good pro on the other side, and then you have yourself the makings of a very good secondary, and who, who thought we would ever have said that a few years ago?
0: Yeah, I mean, wh- my expectations of Justin Lane are zero. I want to see him make the team. I'm okay if he doesn't even get a helmet. He's a mm-hmm. rookie, and you I and the more you can have someone as a rookie not have to step in and do stuff. That's what I would like to see. I, I don't want them to have to call on him, but if he just comes out and just tears up, then you have to go out of your way to get them on the field. That's what you want with your rookies, especially your non-first-round rookies, is you want to say, hey, let's give them time to develop, but yet they come out and play so well that you have no choice but to get them on the field to make your team better. That's my expectation from Justin Lane. I expect nothing, but if he just comes out and really shows up, then then, then we'll get that. Now, for Steven Nelson, you've got to step up and, and, and you've got to be that other corner across from Joe Hayden that the Steelers have not had. So I look for the secondary to be much improved. Um, I'm going to do a little quick plug here. Uh, I had done what had, it's funny it was actually a series of articles, but even saying something to to Jeff Hartman yesterday, he didn't realize it was exactly a series uh, that i had been doing that I have one more uh, yet to come out that should come out before Thursday of talking about how 2019, we we're thinking this is a different Steelers team than what we've seen in the past. We've lost the drama. Uh, hopefully, we've lost the locker room locker room problems. But how is that going to equate? to a difference on the field. So I've been talking about a very various different things that this could be a good change or a bad change on the field. I talked about the Steelers going out West. Could we see a difference and could circumstances up with that? I talked about the Steelers' success in prime time and how that should not be considered a guarantee this year because right now, the only three games the Steelers are not favored to win um, with, when looking at the Vegas odds right now are their three away games in prime time. So that doesn't necessarily mean there'll be some success. But one of the things I that of the most recent article that I did was, can the defense get those late game stops that Steeler fans seem to say that they never can get? Well, I laid it out that it's not as bad as what you think. They get them, since Ryan Shazier was hurt, they got them about half the time. In 2017, until Shazier got hurt, they got them in every game that there was a chance I was looking at. The last five minutes of the game, the Steelers either tied or leading by by one score or less. Did they get, the, did the defense make that stop? I think the, the biggest improvements that I say had to come down to speed of your linebackers, which we added with Barron and Bush and, an, and, and a better secondary, which I felt that they added with Nelson and Lane. So that right there, we that's what people were asking about in the live chat. And that's kind of what it came down to. So uh, I do have one more of those coming out. If you're wondering what it's going to be, it's going to be um, Steelers losing games that everyone feels that they should win. We'll, we'll address, I'll address that one this week. So if you're curious about that, check out Behind the silk Curtain this week for that one coming out. So Tony, We've kind of gone a little bit longer than normal on the Hangover, but that's what happens when we open it up to questions. Anything else you want to say here before we sign off?
1: Uh, it was a fun experience doing a, doing the uh, Hangover as a, a video podcast, and 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 it, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I really had I, I enjoyed the questions from the uh, live chat, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that uh, moving forward. So uh, here we are, three days away, and the off season is officially over. Then. And, and what an off season it was, right? Exactly. You,
0: yes, it was an off season that I'm ready for it to be over. I really am. I, I don't want to think about those lows anymore. I think what's nice is you and Brian next week. You're going to have to be hungover about the start of training camp. Yeah, you're going to have to talk about how that's what you're hungover about. Right. That sounds. I'm, as much as I'm hoping you don't have anything to talk about being hungover I'm really glad that that's the show you guys get to do cuz that means it's finally here and we have Steelers actually building stuff towards 2019 season so with that said I can't remember exactly Brian's sign off. So I'm going to do my best to do something similar and completely screw it up because I'm really good at that. So I'm going to say for Dave Schofield and for Tony Defeo and from behind the steel curtain, thanks for joining us. You have just been hungover. Good night.